0: He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC.
1: The ego makes a mistake in introducing me with the wrong song. We correct him harshly, and he screams, his as he breaks, he screeches. Turns <sighs> screeches. That's
0: great. I love that. I still love that.
1: Yeah. So screeching next to me today is my <laughs> sidekick Doug De Piro.
0: screeching,
1: who is always futzing with his cars and his motorcycles, yeah, and no, I am. painting murals of <laughs> trees and stuff when trees? he can't find a nude girl to yeah, model that's for him. What I like it. And he is irreplaceable and irrepressible. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Irrepressible, you'll find out. Thank you, Mr. Morris.
0: I'm honored to be here with you.
1: Okay. Sometimes a long-term relationship, a close romantic relationship, breaks up. And everybody knows that. I'm referring, of course, not to Romeo and Juliet or Bonnie and Clyde. I'm referring to the New York Times. I'm referring to Fox News and Donald Trump. And uh, their love affair is breaking up. The New York Times reports on its front page yesterday that Fox is no longer pro-Trump, Fox News. In fact, they're basically anti-Trump at this point. Uh, they have, in, they've not interviewed Trump for more than three and a half months. And during that time, they've had DeSantis on six or seven times. And they don't say anything positive about him if they can avoid it. Hannity, who has a certain sovereignty over his own show, and Ingram, who has a so, so, the same kind of sovereignty, are basically pro-Trump. But even their pro-Trump stuff is toned down. And meantime, Brett Baer And Jesse Waters and all of their other crew in their daytime coverage uh, ignores Trump. It's like he doesn't exist. He holds these rallies that attract fifty thousand people in Mudville, someplace (laughs) where nobody (laughs) Mudville, Mudville, like where there's no population, but half of what there is shows up, and every all the others, all the other adjoining states come in, (laughs) and it's really historic. Never happened before, and they don't cover it. On Tuesday of this past week, Trump delivered what was, in effect, a State of the Union speech for his second term. He laid out very specifically what he will do in the second term. And interestingly, he barely mentioned the 2020 election. He focused mainly on crime, uh, calling for a revival of stop and frisk in the nation's cities. And then in a very potent proposal that is incredible, He said that he thought the federal government should supersede local mayors and governors who are lax on crime, who are too lenient and are not protecting their citizens, and take that power over and do it themselves. Now, legally, he couldn't do that as officially, but what he could do is tie Law Enforcement Assistance Act grants, LEA grants from the federal government to their doing stop and frisk programs. Just like they made everybody put seatbelts in cars and require their use, saying we can't do this. It's a state prerogative, but we'll not give you any federal highway money unless you do it. And everybody saw the light. Mm -hmm. And so this was a major, major announcement. And yet Fox News did not cover it. Neither did ABC, NBC, or CBS or CNN. But this news blackout of Donald Trump, has now reached astonishing proportions. There is only one place that you can get news about Donald Trump, and that's Newsmax and Dick Morris. Yeah, and 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 here on WABC Radio. But the point is, the other v, the other outlets have are totally censoring him. Not just Twitter and Facebook, and not just the networks, and not just CNN, but uh, but Fox News. And the other Murdoch publications, the New York, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Post. In today's New York Post, there's virtually no coverage of Trump except for a big article about Karl Rove, who is on the outs with Trump and has always been. Can't get over the fact that that Trump defeated his boy Jeb Bush, and because Cheney turned on them with Liz Cheney and Rove turned on them, and he's saying, "Oh, if you give money to, to Trump." It's going to go into separate committees that can't be used for good purposes and it'll just be used for Trump, um, which is A, not true, and B, propaganda. So you have the whole establishment here against him, and the Murdoch's turning against him is huge. So do not watch Fox News if you want to find out what's going on with the 47th president of the United States. That's the next president, Donald Trump. Forty-five
0: uh, slash 40.
1: Yeah, he was 45. Now he'll be 47. And Biden will be 81. <laughs> the <But, laughs> common core math. Yeah. But uh, it is disgusting and revolting. Yeah, Fox really has is. just totally changed. So why? Yeah. Why? Well, I think we have to realize that, first of all, there's a big change in the leadership of Fox News. Rupert Murdoch, who pioneered conservative media, uh is in eighty one and uh ninety one, sorry. <laughs> ninety one. Mm. And Lachlan Murdoch, his sort of his son wannabe executive big guy, is now in control. And it's amazing. What used to animate Rupert Murdoch, I think, were two things. You know, I used to work for Fox for eighteen years. Uh fourteen years. One is uh, that he was a, a conservative himself, and ideologically he felt that way. But the two main reasons were that, one, he would make a lot of money by being the only conservative voice, and he did. They amassed billions of dollars. And secondly, that he was a contrarian. He was an Australian who, like many Australians, felt that, you know, we are descended from convicts that were sent here. Mm. We were never given the right time of day by the British. We were always ostracized as second class citizens. That ethic runs throughout the Australian population. And uh, Murdoch was kind of contrarian in that way. All the rest of the media is liberal and go, go do it to yourself because I'm going to be conservative and I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to cut against the grain. And the sanction that the establishment applies to people like that is not financial, it's not legal. It's social. It's social ostracism. You don't get invitations to the good parties. Right. Uh, you don't get people fawning over you. Uh, you don't. You aren't accepted into society. And if you are, they kick you out. And there's that is very important to a lot of people, particularly to those like Lachlan, who really cannot look at their accomplishments and say, "Wow, look at what I did," because, like Ann Richards said about George Bush. He woke up on third base, and he thought he hit a triple. <laughs> and, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and, and they they can't they they can't take satisfaction from that. So they look for ratification from a peer group that is a very exalted global elite peer group uh, that says all the good things to them. And uh, Lachlan craved that. Rupert kind of dismissed it because he was beyond it. And he was contrarian, but mm-hmm. Lachlan. Needs it, and he basically has suffered, suffered through twenty years of immense wealth but total ostracism. He can't. He's not. If he he buys his own beach, he can go to the Hamptons. <laughs> if he throws his own party, he can get invited. <laughs> but other than that, this is he's pretty just, good
2: stuff.
0: You should do stand up.
1: Yeah, he's just not there, and uh, and he sort of can't stand that, and uh, people snub him. They. Look down their noses at him. And uh, and it's a social ostracism mm. that is just horrible for him emotionally. And I think he craves getting back into the establishment. And the ticket to the establishment right now is to back Ron DeSantis against Donald Trump. This is a basic point that I make in my book, The Return, great Trump's book. Big Comeback in 2024. Great,
0: great book.
1: The Democratic strategy for defeating Donald Trump is to make a, make him fight a primary, mm. induce DeSantis to run against him, and then force him to spend his money, and give the DeSantis license as a Republican to attack Trump, a fellow Republican, right. and build up his negatives. Divide and conquer. Right, exactly, like the Romans did, mm. and uh, and that's a that's their strategy. And Fox News is now completely playing into that, as is the Wall Street Journal, as is the New York Post. The entire Murdoch Empire screeched.
0: Running for the, shelter. No.
1: the entire empire screeched like we do when we go to Secret Agent Man. Let's hear the screech. We got to set that up so it's just a screech. Yeah. I'll get that done next week. That screech was the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, and Fox News reversing field. You know, kind of, about face, oh, uh, march. And that's, that's really what they did. And you, it's amazing to watch it, but it really is incredible. And these people are puppets of, of Murdoch, of the Murdochs. Mm. And they, they've now switched puppeteers. And that's the only thing that's going on.
0: You think, why would he want to be in that group to begin with if they're ostracizing him? Uh, what's his name?
1: Yeah, well, there's that old line, I, Rachel Marks, I wouldn't join a club that would have me as a member.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and, yeah, there is that. You're but, on
0: a roll today, Dick. You, I got to <laughs> tell you.
1: There is that. But, but you know, these these guys still want, you know, they're, they're only, they want to be there with the actresses and the Hollywood types. Bill Clinton used to want to do that, and he wanted to take a vacation every summer in Martha's Vineyard so he could rub shoulders and rub perhaps other yeah, body parts yeah. with Barbara Streisand yeah. and, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and well, everybody else. And, uh, and I, I told him his poll numbers drop every summer when he does that. So I took a poll, and it said, you have to go to the Rockies to <laughs> vacation. And uh and he said, What am I supposed to do? And I said, You gotta live in not in a luxury hotel but in a two person tent and go camping. He said, Two person tent? And he looked at me and he said, With Hillary? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah with Hillary. Can you imagine? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. he survived. Talk Radio
0: 77 WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump and now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC.
2: I want to get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. to the
0: right. <laughs>
2: Agent Man, Agent Man,
1: the derivation of that screech in that song is that I worked secretly for Donald Trump and was one of the people that ran his campaign, but we both decided to keep it out of the media. And it's probably the only secret in Washington that didn't leak. Uh, there were 10 people at the end of the campaign, including the president, who knew it. uh, Really? And it didn't leak? But for most of the campaign, there were only five that knew it. And uh, it's amazing it didn't leak. So Eileen has a theory as to why it never leaked, because they all thought Trump was going to win and they didn't want to have to share the credit with him. That's good. Anyway, um, so uh, Joe Manchin said that he is opposed to new taxes, He's against spending because it would be inflationary. He's against so-called climate change money because it'll cripple the industries in West Virginia, his constituency, and drive coal out of business. He said that increased spending would cause, would hype inflation and raise prices and he wasn't going to go along with it. And. He just did an about-face.
0: <laughs> we have to have a smash-up crash after yeah. that. Right?
1: <clears throat> now well, he's for new great. taxes. Now he's for new spending. And he's in favor of measure of cl- climate change spending that will cripple his state, West Virginia. Uh, and and it's incredible he's done that. Uh, the Democratic Reconciliation Bill that Manchin is supporting is – has a complication to it that you have to understand to understand precisely how you're being screwed by it. Drug companies overcharge for their basic prescription drugs. They charge more for Viagra. They charge more for statins. They charge more for all of the routine drugs that don't take any great research and development. They've been developed already, and they're just living out the patent. And they use half of that money for advertising, which is totally wasteful, shouldn't be allowed, and the only reason that it's legal is that the TV networks benefit from it, Mm. indeed survive off it. Mm. And uh, they won't let Congress pass a bill banning that. And that would be a huge reduction in drug prices and something that should happen, but not a single congressman or senator will urge that because the TV networks would have a fit and would punish them for the rest of their lives. Okay, the other half of the money goes to research and development, which is very important. Uh, why did, was the United States able to develop a COVID vaccine when the other countries basically haven't even developed it yet? Uh, but we beat every one of them. The, when COVID broke, the European Union said, okay, we'll get all of the drug companies together and we'll parse out the work. You do this, you do that, you do the other thing. We'll all coordinate, cooperate, and uh, we'll make sure that we bring a great drug to market. And Trump said, no way. Come on, here's here's $100 billion. Go kill each other to get it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And
1: and the first one to come up with the vaccine by fair means or foul gets the prize. And uh, the result is they piled on. They began to go like crazy. Warp speed was an understatement. And in eight months, they developed a vaccine that saved the world, literally saved the world from hundreds of millions of deaths. But
0: I don't like his Twitters. Yeah.
1: and and But that funding, that research was not funded by the federal government. Some of it was, but mm. most of it was private. And the reason it was funded was because they put all of the money from their selling of the other stuff into the R&D for the all COVID right. vaccine. And now the Democrats are coming along with a bill that basically says we're cutting your prices on drugs, so that uh, so that when a guy goes to get his Viagra, or people go to get their statins, or they go to get their antidepressant drugs, it'll cost a little less, and that is going to generate two hundred and eighty-eight billion dollars of quote savings unquote to the consumer, uh, but that will come right out of the research and development budget mm. so this freaking virus is mutating faster than anybody can imagine but we need the drug companies to mutate faster <laughs> to keep up with it to be able to develop the vaccines and the treatments to be able to cope with the new uh, with the new covid viruses but this cuts the money for that okay but It doesn't even go to rebates to customers. You won't see a dime of that money. None of us will. All of the money that's saved by this, $300 billion, goes into reimbursing Medicare and Medicaid and Obamacare and the government for its drug costs, not us, the government's drug costs. Mm. So Medicare will save a lot of money. And when they say Medicare will die and... Eight years, now it'll die in 12. And uh, more importantly for the politicians, saving that $300 billion and reimbursing Medicare for it lets them impose $300 million of extra spending, which they want to do, and goodies for their people because it's offset by the revenue that they're getting by saving Medicare the money. Hmm. There's an inconvenient clause in the federal law that was added 20 years ago that says if you're going to spend a dollar, you have to cut a dollar in the budget. And But they don't want to cut the money or impose a dollar of taxes. God knows they don't want to do that. But if they can have offsets, which in this case is saving money to Medicare, uh, basically subsidizing Medicare out of our research money, uh, then they can go ahead and spend the money. So that's the gimmick that's going on here. That's the game that they're playing, to keep these drugs flowing to people, uh, but not to do additional research.
0: Running for the shelter of a mother's little helper And to help her on way, get her through her busy day
1: Doctor, please, some more of these outside the door Still falling.
0: Priority GoldGuide.com. Talk radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. And how I'll get Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. <laughs>
1: The Democrats are working on passing an anti-inflation package. That's the name of it. But it's going to cause more inflation. It's a package that's supposed to stop inflation, but it includes $400 billion of additional spending on every goodie you can think of, a Christmas tree called climate change. Including it, by the way, is a billion dollars of grants to frontline communities. What that means is rich people's homes at the border of the sea, at the seacoast. Uh, they're the frontline communities in the fight against the rising sea levels. But it includes grants to, uh, all kinds of people. There's one, 40 billion of climate equity grants, uh, to poor areas to protect them against climate change.
0: If they get hot and. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: I mean, it's, it's a, it's a gross. Buy umbrella. Massive, uh, infusion of money at a time when. We know that the spending of the past has caused the inflation, which is causing the rise in interest rates, which is causing the recession. Sure. Uh, And that's what we're going to get, and Manchin has gone along with this that does the same thing. But it is totally the opposite of what they say. Let's go to Gary in Staten Island. Hey, Gary.
2: Oh, thank you, Mr. Morris. And what's your take on the uh, Nancy uh, Pelosi uh, visit or not visit to uh, Taiwan controversy?
1: Sir? Well, it gives China a chance to redeem itself in my eyes. <laughs> I get How those, so. Get those missiles ready <laughs> when Nancy's plane flies over. <laughs> oh, it's so you know wrong. what to do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so wrong. Um, I think it's important, and I'm glad that Pelosi is doing that. Uh, fight defending Taiwan is very important to the United States because it's something we are committed to, we've been committed to, and we've got to continue to do it. And I think it's a very important symbolic gesture that she's doing, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Let's go to uh, Bernie on Staten Island. Hey, Bernie. Hi, Dick. Uh these national guard people are just american
2: citizens like us the mothers and fathers in the national guard are people who don't have formula for yeah. their babies but what's who your don't point have cool tables yeah but t- what's your point have- bernie my point is that the point of people in the national guard take
1: precedence
2: for their families over their duties as a national yeah. guard
1: well, look, I, I certainly salute the National Guardsman. Not sure what your Absolutely. what your point is. Let's go to Adam in Connecticut. Hi, Adam.
2: Hey, what's up, Vic? I'm a lifelong Republican, and I voted for Trump. Good. Uh, but after the the um, you know the post election, his behavior just I just totally
1: soured on him. And I what uh, soured about you? Well, I mean it was, The phone call to the secretary of state of Georgia asking him to find votes, that kind of stuff is just not. Phone call to the secretary of Georgia asking him to investigate the map. Come on, you have 25, you have, you have 2,500 dead bodies that voted, that votes were included in the count. You have 50,000 votes cast in the Georgia, in Georgia in the election that were disputed. They were people that didn't exist. They were people that had moved away. There were people who had died. And it's not appropriate for him to call up the Secretary of State of right. Georgia uh-huh. and say, have another look at this. What are you blind? Uh, I mean, when you go to a ball game and they call a strike that should be a ball, yeah. you yell at the umpire. And that's what Trump did. And it's completely understandable. Take your comment. Can I, can I just?
2: Yeah. Hello. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, anyway, my but the point is that um, I do think DeSantis is going to end up with the because you know I think the that that
2: it's for the independent voters I think Trump is probably toxic at this point. So I do think DeSantis. Yeah, he's is really, toxic. Get the he's
1: really well, toxic. He's really toxic. Nom- he carries I, independence in the poll against Biden. Really toxic. Sixty-one to no, I am sorry, fifty-one to thirty-five. Among independents, Biden over uh, Trump over Biden. So that ain't toxic, man. But thanks okay, for well, your call. I, way, I- um Pamela from Central Jersey. Hey.
2: Hi, um, I'm just afraid of the secret rhinos within the Republican Party mm. because I've phoned a lot of offices. And when you ask them if I vote for you, will you impeach? Will you do this? Will you? They will not give you an answer. And sometimes they get downright nasty. Mm. So I think a lot of them are playing the fence, yeah. walking the line and seeing what's going to happen. Right. And I, I, mean, I don't Trump, trust
1: it. Trump held the Republicans in line by terror, uh, by threatening to uh push out of the party, anybody that didn't go along with this program. That's why he's successful. That's why he was a great president. That's why he'll be one again. I point this out in my book, The Return, Trump's big comeback in 2024. And, uh, and, and that's who Donald Trump is. And I think the rhinos are waiting to see if he wins. And that's what we but need. But he's on his way to a massive, massive victory. Uh, you'll see it uh, Tuesday when in Arizona all of his candidates are going to win, and all of his the people who are opposed to him is going to lose. And you'll see in Wyoming that Liz Cheney gets about five votes that's uh, and gets defeated. I think that's Tuesday. Uh huh. Um, meanwhile, the Ukrainians are winning, actually winning. Uh, this is an incredible development, and the news media is not giving it. Enough coverage. A counteroffensive by Ukrainian troops in the south of the country is gathering momentum around the occupied city of Kherson, K-H-E-R-S-O-N, which was one of the first cities in Ukraine to be taken by Russian forces after their invasion in February. And the Ukrainian forces have been using new weaponry that we gave them that a lot of crazy Republicans oppose, long-range artillery. And which is targeting the bridges across the Dnipro River. And recent attacks on a thing called the Anantavisky Bridge in Kyrgyzstan have left Russian troops, thousands of them, cut off with their backs to the river. That's amazing. Uh, and uh, its loss, would, the uh, BBC said, would severely undermine Russia's attempts to paint the occupation as success. But this is a Stalingrad moment. When in reverse, when the Russians have when the Russians have their backs to this river and uh, and and they have no place to go. And with the advanced weapons, the U.S. and NATO is providing to the Ukrainians. They are beating the Russians. They're stopping them from breaking out. And they're probably going to force their surrender. (laughs) So good guys, are, good guys are on the verge of winning. Oh, which is I hope terrific. so. I really and, do hope and so. And I really think that the surrender of hundreds or thousands of Russian troops in the field could really influence the Russian people you to mean, turn you on. You mean
0: coming up? Or did, have they? Coming up uh-huh.
1: could really influence the Russian people to turn off on this war and turn on Putin. And we know so many Ukrainian people
0: around town that you know, we talked to yeah, It's so sad to hear that story. Yeah, you know? they are, but they're, Their they're doing well now. Yeah,
1: Let's go to my friend Judith in Brooklyn. Hey, Judith. Hi, Judith. Hi kid. How are you?
2: Hi good, after- Hi, good afternoon, gentlemen. Listen, I'm trying to respond to the caller. If Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, is so toxic, how is it possible that he's still able to assemble tens of thousands right. of people yeah. rallying mm-hmm. around him, where sure. Pence only had 300, and there's Fox, Showing off Pence with his 300 people and not showing off President Trump, who really is the people's president, I call him. He's the people's president. He's the one that proved he was fantastic four years with all the harassment and everything, and he'll do it again. And, and,
1: and, you know, thanks, Judith. This is really this harassment of Trump is based increasingly on the January 6th deal. And let's just be clear about some of the facts there. Right. Donald Trump did not incite anybody to riot. He had, gave a speech where he said that the election was rigged. Which it was. It was. And as president, he's entitled to express his opinion. He's entitled to free speech. And the Democrats say free speech is like yelling fire in a crowded theater. So let's get this straight. They steal the election. Right. They jimmy the vote count. They have paper ballots terrifying everyone about COVID falsely so that they can steal the election. Right. And then they accuse Trump of inciting people to riot when he calls them out on it. And they indict Giuliani, or subpoena Giuliani, for going into Fulton County and getting the records of what they've done. Uh, I mean, this is, Horrible. this is rich. Maxine
0: Waters, though, could say, and you see a Trump supporter, get some people, go random, throw yeah. them out of the restaurant. She could say that. That's yeah. okay.
1: Uh, and, and then, uh, on the, the issue of the National Guard, they're saying that Trump took forever to, did not call out the National Guard. Well, he did. First of all, he doesn't have the power right. to, because only the governors have it. The president can call out the National Guard abroad, but not domestically. Mm-hmm. But he had a meeting attested to by three people, uh, that, in which he told his aides, I'm worried about violence, I'm worried about riots, on January 6th, have 20,000 National Guard troops standing by and clear it with the mayor and the governors, the mayor of D.C. and the governors of Virginia and Maryland. And they went to them and they said no. Why? And Pelosi said no, because they wanted the violence. Mm. It's like telling Hitler, put fire extinguishers around the Reichstag. (laughs) He wanted the Reichstag fire so it would be his claim to Uh, martial law. uh, And Pelosi wanted and needed that violence. And when there wasn't that violence, she fomented it by attacking the demonstrators. Six people, I think, were killed. None of them were cops. All of them were demonstrators, pro-Trump demonstrators, who were killed by the cops and by others on the scene. So this whole thing is a setup from the very beginning. And if you don't get it, you don't get anything about how the Democrats operate. Uh, this whole thing was designed to create an environment in which they could underscore the idea that Donald Trump isn't deserving of being president. And the only reason that they say that is because they know damn well that if they don't, he will be the president. Mm. And there's an obscure clause in the 14th Amendment that they enacted when after the Civil War, when they saw Confederate generals and senators and the vice president of the Confederacy, Alexander Stevens, coming into the Senate to represent the old Confederate states after they were reconstituted after the Civil War. And they were damned if they were going to let those folks into the Congress. So they inserted in the 14th Amendment a provision that said, if you were involved in an insurrection against the government of the United States, you cannot serve in public office in the United States For the rest of your life. That's what they're trying to do with Trump. And now they're saying Trump did that. Trump was involved in an insurrection. So, I mean, it's it's fiction based on lie, Mm. based on fiction, based on lie. They steal the election. They jimmy the vote count. They lie to the rest of the country. And they yell at Donald Trump the big lie. They go after him for what they say is provoking the public by telling the truth when nobody else is. And they aren't content just to shut Trump off from the media. Uh, they actually are trying to prosecute his people. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's incredible. That's
0: just like uh, Biden with Ukraine. And then they got mad at Trump for having a
1: telephone call with the Ukraine. Yeah. For, right. Same yeah. Biden, uh, but, Biden's son and he get rich from the Ukraine. Right. And Trump investigates and they try to impeach him right. for it. Uh-huh. Let's go to Glenn on Long Island.
2: Yeah, good afternoon, Dick. Thanks for taking my call. No uh you, th- you think President Trump has lost supporters, you know, since he's been out of office? No, no. In I fact, I so. know he hasn't. I don't
1: think so. I, I poll it constantly. And, uh, and and he has not lost supporters. Uh, in fact, he's he's gained supporters. First of all, he's picked up about 15 points among young people. He's picked up about 10 points among Latinos. He is now leading Biden in a in a race by 48 to 42. Uh, and uh, at the time of his leaving office, he was trailing Biden by 10 points. So tell me how that is losing votes. Right. This is all Democratic propaganda based on January 6th. And I can't believe that a few of our callers are falling for it. Right. The Unbelievable. conquer once again. Let's go to G.I. Jack in Hack and Hackensack. Hey, G.I. G.I. Jack, G.I. Jack in G. Hack and Hackensack.
2: Two or
1: two. <laughs> yeah, G.I., I got you on the phone.
2: Hey, hey, I'm sorry about that. I was uh, thinking about the to States to my buddy and his sidekick. Anyway, uh, <laughs> keep up the good work, and I want to hit you with some bombshells. And knock your socks off. Is this the worst time for people in authority not doing what they're supposed to do? It's 1939 all over again. Yep. We discussed Pope Pius and how he could have said any German Roman Catholic soldier who helps Hitler will be excommunicated from the Catholic Church. Right, yep. And this left wing loon Pope Francis, who I don't wish evil, but I just want him to retire, he's over the hill. We need a conservative archbishop, okay. Italian from northern well, Italy, Jack, like we let's, had with
1: Giancali. Jack, let, let's stay with the presidency and <laughs> get into the papacy. <laughs> it's not really an elective office. Uh, Michael in Rockaway Beach. How are you, Michael?
2: I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, first of all, I didn't realize those numbers about Trump, the support. And you're right. I know a lot of my Republican friends are beginning to drink the Kool Aid that's being served by the mass media. Uh, yeah. That was my first comment. My second comment is on this bill. And by the way, um, just,
1: just Michael, sorry to interrupt you, but you, don't listen to my polls. Trump holds a rally in Mudville uh, in places that nobody's ever heard of with a population of 200 people. And he gets 45,000 people at the rally coming in on buses and cars right. from all the adjoining states. And it's not his first rally. It's like his 10th or 12th. And each one, he gets 50,000 people, 40,000 people. Sometimes only 20 so, so because Noah's the
0: place only
1: holds 20, but there's 10 more outside. Yeah. And people say he's running out of support. You have to be kidding me. When people see what Biden is failing at and Trump succeeded at, uh, they are flocking to Trump. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Michael. I ranted. The, the other the <laughs> other
2: is that's all right. You can rant till you want. I love your rant. Um, The other issue is uh, Manchin and Cinema. I can't believe that Manchin caved in the way he did. And I went to his website, and I saw the goodies that uh, Schumer has given to the people in West Virginia. That's the first point. The second point is, why can't a concerted campaign of contacting Manchin and Cinema by people calling their phones and inundating them? Well, the
1: reason reason is, Michael, (laughs) that in the money that Manchin is now supporting is a grant to the Appalachian Regional Commission, which is a state and federal body funded by the feds composed of the 13 states in Appalachia. And guess who the chairman of that commission is? No. Mrs. Joe Manchin. I forget her first name. And they get a billion dollars under this bill that she can distribute as she wants And don't think that doesn't go to repaying all of Manchin's supporters. And the reason this is happening at the last minute is that he used all the intervening time to sweeten the package and increase the amount of goodies that he'd have. Really? Yep. And that is in the bill. You'll read about it when one day the mainstream media decides to cover the truth.
0: Talk radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. And I want it, get down the stairs.
1: The Republican Party faces a big problem in this year's election. Pessimism and its own underestimation of its chances of victory. They're going around saying, oh, we'll carry the House, but and we hope we'll carry the Senate. And there are four Senate seats that we might pick up. Um, Herschel Walker might win in Georgia. We might win in Arizona and uh, New Hampshire and Nevada, and we might win those four seats. We don't know. They're close. But I hope we do. Well, baloney, the national trends are so dramatic, so absolutely enormous that the level of the, the magnitude of the Republican victory is such that they are going to sweep additional Senate seats that they don't now count on. That would be great. And the problem with their pessimism is that the money is following their their mood. Mm. Uh they're funding these four races till money comes out of the ears of the Republicans, but they're not funding other races where they have a really good chance of winning. So they're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy that could protect the Democrats, not their majority, but number of individual seats. I think the Democrats could win. I'm sorry. I think the Republicans could win upwards of 55 to 58 seats in the Senate uh, and give them a, a majority of Five to eight seats, not just a majority of, of one, uh, which is, seems to be what they're hoping for. Now, one of those states uh, where we have a heck of a chance of winning is Connecticut. And uh, Dick Blumenthal is the senator who's up for re-election. And, uh, you know, during the campaign when he was first elected, he said that uh, that he had a great war record in yeah. Vietnam. Right. And he was kind of making himself a new John Kerry. Uh, and he did because he was phoning up the record. It turned out he was there as a reporter. And the closest he got to shooting was pictures. <laughs> and and yet there goes and, he, and he was cited for that. And somehow he lived it down and got elected. Well, somehow. He married a very rich woman. And he lives off her money. And he funds the campaigns off her money. How did Dick Blumenthal get to be... A senator? Well, it all began when he signed up to work for Abraham Ribicoff, who was the senator from Connecticut. And uh, he was terrible. He was a total screw-up on that job. And my source is someone who worked directly for Ribicoff, And Ribicoff wanted to fire him, but he was concerned that if he fired him, he'd look bad. So he decided to kick him upstairs and promote him to U.S. Attorney for Connecticut. And he did. And, uh, and Blumenthal left, uh, left, um, Ribicoff's staff and joined the U.S. Attorney's Office for Connecticut. Kicked upstairs. As U.S. Attorney, the only thing he did was to campaign like crazy. And he won the Senate seat, the state Senate seat in Greenwich. Uh, I know because I, I briefly worked with him on the campaign. I was working with the Democrats back then for the state Senate. Throughout the state of Connecticut, bad boy, and I did some stuff that I regret now for Blumenthal. Then, Swap, on boy. the strength, and then on the strength of his wife's money, uh, he basically bought the Democratic primary, and bought the Senate seat in Connecticut, really? and he's gotten reelected because he's a Democrat in a Democratic seat. But the jig is up for him. <laughs> I just did a poll, and with John McLaughlin, funded by John Jordan. And I found out that Blumenthal, when you ask people, do you think he deserves to be reelected or do you think it's time to give someone else a chance? Only 41% of likely voters said he deserves to be reelected. And 48% said it's time to give someone else a chance. And when we tested that someone else, who is Leora Levy, who's going to be on my show in just a moment, who is going to be the Republican candidate, I hope. Trump, uh, Blumenthal was at 48% of the vote and Levy was at 33. And you're saying, well, it's 15 points. Why is that a big deal? Because the incumbent is under 50% of the vote. He gets 48% favorable. He gets 41% say he deserves another term. He gets 48% of the vote. There's something about him that 52% of the voters don't like. Mm. And... It's like when I ask you, are you going to be married to the same person next year? And you say, I don't know, I'm undecided. <laughs> that doesn't say good things about your marriage. <laughs> are you going to have the same senator next year? I don't know. I'm undecided. That's kind of and That's uh, that good. means that Leora Levy has a superb chance to win this race <laughs> and really has an ability to be part of a huge national sweep. So, hi, Leora. How are you doing?
2: Hi, Leora. Hi, Dick. How are you?
1: And this is Hi. Doug, who's with me. Hi, Leora.
2: Hi, Doug. I think you, How are you? Leora
1: came to my house a couple of months ago and I was told there. me she was running, and I encouraged her, and I think she's just great. So tell us about your race,
2: Leora. Great. Well, we, as you said, we have a great opportunity to defeat Dick Blumenthal, a career politician for over 40 years. But it matters who we nominate. I am a principled, common-sense conservative Republican. I am not a career politician. I am a career American. I am the insider in this primary. And the song you played uh, in the introduction, Clowns to the Left of Me, Jokers to the Right, it reminds me of the primary, frankly. So tell us, your opponent
1: is is a never-Trumper, Right
2: is a never Trumper. In fact, she has said publicly she believes President Trump should be indicted. We had a debate the other night on the only candidate who unequivocally said I will vote for President Trump in 2024 if he is our nominee. I always support our Republican nominee. Yeah, but come My on, come on, Leora. Is, is I don't care about for them. Leora.
1: I don't care about that. Are you going to support Donald Trump for the nomination in twenty
2: twenty four? Absolutely. Good. You know, that's the key. I, just, I, am uh, I, I, on the, I'm on the, the highway right now driving. We passed a billboard, big picture of President Trump saying promises made. Promises kept, yes. and he did that under the worst kind of adversity. I know because I was not. He nominated me to be ambassador to Chile, and I had to wade the, the swamp. I had to overcome so much resistance. Ambassador to where? And, and to Chile.
1: Chile, yeah, good.
2: Chile, yeah, yeah. Chile. And I, you know, I'm Cuban. I, I speak Spanish, so okay. I say Chile. But yes, in American English, it's Chile. Right. So, so, I you know, I uh, And
1: by the way, that was a key I appointment because he, Chile is uh is going basically went almost communist in the last election. They elected a 20 something year old student leftist leader who's dragging the country into hell. Yes, he's a complete
2: he is a communist. He was a communist leader. Uh, As a student in the university, he was a a leader and a fomenter of the violence that began in 2019 with the riot. So the point is,
1: for Trump to trust Leora as the ambassador is one hell of a recommendation. And uh, Trump is trying to purge the Republican Party of people that basically don't believe in what he's saying. Uh, People who basically say no don't seal the border because Adam Smith said you need a free flow of labor and don't keep out Chinese imports because it works to everybody's advantage to have uh, the cheapest goods possible and have free flow of free trade. And Trump is saying, no, I'm not buying any of that Buy American hire American seal the border, put tariffs on countries that have unfair trade practices. And uh, there are a lot of people that don't agree with that. And, Leora does, and that's one of the big reasons to vote for.
2: Well, thank you. The issues that are driving the election in Connecticut are the same issues that are driving it nationally. The invasion at our border, and I have called it an invasion since the first day I got into this race, and I say that as a legal immigrant who escaped Castro and communism in Cuba but came here legally. And the other issues, obviously, inflation and record high gas prices to the point where people have to decide, am I going to fill my tank? Am I going to feed my children? And now they've got school coming up. How are they going to afford school supplies? Everybody is, is suffering under this failed economic well, policy.
1: Well, we have good momentum on you, at your back. Uh, the, my poll shows that Blumenthal absolutely can be defeated. Yeah. And I... The rhythm is going to get you, Mr. Blumenthal. Your days in the center are numbered. And your replacement is on the line with me, Lior Levy. Lior, I'm up against a hard break. Uh, but, uh, I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, that song was for you. That's not bumper music. <laughs> that, that song was for Dick Blumenthal. The rhythm is going to get you. And you're the rhythm. And you're the rhythm, yeah. So good luck, Leora, and everybody. Please vote in the Republican primary in Connecticut. What date is it, Leora?
2: It is the ninth. I am the only.
1: You can cut it off there. Tell us again. Yeah. All right. Your uh, signal is exactly five minutes. Uh... Yeah, I think the. Uh, I'm not sure when it is. I think it. I think it's the. Uh, yes, it is. Of course, it's the ninth. It's. It's.
0: Uh, uh, of August.
1: Yeah, it's either Tuesday or a week from Tuesday. I'll check it and okay. let you know. But uh it's worth voting for her. She's very important, and that's a, a very important race. And we can defeat Dick Blumenthal. That would be great. So we talked about how Fox News has turned against Donald Trump. And from some of the calls that I've gotten, a lot of you are getting brainwashed yeah. in the publicity of Fox News and others into believing that Donald Trump did something wrong on january sixth, that the election really wasn't rigged, and that he's toxic, one of you said, I think with the yeah. with the base. And none of that is true. All of that is a huge, gigantic, big lie, and don't fall for it.